Welcome to this week's episode of The Anonymous Tip. I'm your host, Jeff White. I have one of my friends with me this episode. We've been friends for, what, since 2008 or 2009? One of those. One of those. It's been a long time. Yes, like we met in college at Liberty, of course, and uh, I just want to introduce Sakina, she's like my sister, my friend, everything. For a long time, she was like my counselor too. <laughs> and How um, okay. yes, yes. And she has so many accomplishments. She's getting her doctorate's degree. She helps women and, and kids or girls, I should say, who deal with self uh, sex trafficking. Like there's just a lot of great things that she's doing in Philadelphia so shout out to her for that and her team but I just wanted to introduce Sakina and this episode we're going to talk about mostly mother wounds and the effects Mm -hmm. that it has so welcome thank you I'm honored (laughs) (laughs) everyone says honored I don't know I always get like what like why are you honored you know because this is a good this is a good platform. This is uh, a space that you can really just open up and talk about things that I haven't really heard on any podcast before. So this is a good space to be able to do so. Yeah, I'm thankful that it's created that space to just be more comfortable talking about it because a lot of people do go through like pretty crazy things in life. Yeah, yeah. But I wanted to get started. I mentioned we met in college when was it 2008 when we met or 2009 I feel like it was right at the beginning I feel like it may have been at the beginning and I think we were all in that one class like GE yeah what was it no I was gonna say GED (laughs) one of those G's or was it comms class oh yeah it might have been comms class because wasn't it no you were a business major but didn't you do stuff with, like communication? Yeah, I did. Well, I was a business major first, and then I switched to communications. Oh, but I feel okay. like we all had to take like freshman like comms one hundred and one or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, the time we had. A- <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I met you at the ramp. Was it the ramp? You know, honestly, sadly, a lot of it is a blur. So yeah, it, it was one of those times that we met. Yeah, it was one. Of it was times. it was instant connection. It was yeah. instant connection. Um, a lot of the the black kids at Liberty stood out. We, yeah. we were like the sore thumbs. <laughs> yeah. So anytime we all you know got to know each other or seen each other, it was like a field day because yeah. there wasn't many of us. So. No, and we used to gather in the computer lab. Literally, like the computer lab computer was lab. straight black. Like no, this. it was, it was, because <laughs> all of the scary kids would go to their dorms and you know be perfect, and then yes. we would be hanging out two, three o'clock in the morning in yeah, the computer lab. In the computer lab, doing nothing, right? Trying to write a paper that is due trying at eight fifty. Yes. Oh my god, those <laughs> seven forty and eight fifty classes was oh crazy. My god. I used to get yes. up at like four to finish writing my paper. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, those days were crazy. But I, were. I also feel like it was kind of crazy internally. Like, I feel like we were all individually 
although this was like a new thing, I feel like how we all ended up at Liberty was kind of all crazy, like a story, like mm-hmm. some type mm-hmm. of story of how we made it there. But mm-hmm. I guess like, where were you in that? Like, where's where was your mindset or like, what were you, were you going through something? Were you not like, how was your transition when I when I got to Liberty, I was in a really weird space. I did not want to go to Liberty. I wanted to go to Hampton University. Me too. I think, <laughs> wait, did we share the story? I feel like we did. I just didn't want to be there. And oh yes, because your best friend was at Hampton, right? And right. my and friend didn't... was from from high school was at Hampton, and I was that's where I wanted to go. Yeah, and she didn't even want to go to Hampton. She wanted to go to Howard. And I wound up getting accepted to Howard, but not Hampton. It was crazy. So Liberty was the only school that gave me money. Yes. So my mom was like, you're going. And I yeah. was like, what is this? And yeah. then I was I was in a weird trying to figure me out space after high school anyway. And to kind of go to a school with a bunch of structure, I was straight Philly. I mean, back in the day, 2008, 2009, that's when the rainbow color nails was hot. So I yes. had different color nails. Like every nail was a different color. They were like super long. And I I had hair. The, the, the hair, hair down your back. What? The Philly <laughs> swag. Okay. And like everybody was just too quiet for me. I was like, why are they so quiet here? Everybody all turned down. I'm trying to turn up. Like, <laughs> like, calm down. Um, but I really will say that it was a needed experience for me. Like Liberty kind of helped me to mellow out and mellow down. And really, honestly, it helped me to see the areas of my life that needed some work. Mm. Um, And of course I didn't start the work then, but at least I was aware that there was things that I needed to work on. Yeah. I feel like that was the same. I get chills right now. Cause I feel like that was literally my same story where, I didn't necessarily work on what I was supposed to then, but it definitely made you kind of stop and sit still in certain things and was like, oh, I need to fix that or I need to work on that. Yep. Yeah, it was. Especially, do you remember like when they used to do those, those like groups on, uh, what was it like Tuesdays where we do like Oh yeah, meetings? the prayer groups. Yeah. And then they would do like once a, once a semester where you could like clean out your room, yes, and and yeah. you wouldn't be like uh, penalized for it. Cause, yes, I mean, I mean, we give a little backdrop. Liberty was, a, it's an evangelical conservative Christian college. Yes, so the world's largest Christian, world's largest, <laughs> you know, and that's a whole nother story for another yes, day. It, it really it's a is. whole lot of stuff. It's a whole lot. And the tabloids about liberty since we left, but but even we, when we were there, right? It was a lot of things that was going on that just wasn't seen. No. You had to really like dig to see it, but it was definitely there. Yes. But we weren't allowed to have boys in our dorm, vice versa. Girls weren't allowed in y'all dorms. Um, we had prayer leaders on the on the hall, and you know, yeah, convocation three times a week. Yes, our RAs checked our rooms and make sure curfew. They were clean. Curfew, I and mean, they used to check our rooms at yes. curfew to and make sure you were in there. Yes, and they and, used to check our rooms when we had convo, and if our rooms weren't clean, we got fined. Yes, and if you weren't in your room, you had to sign out to be like, "Oh, I was at the computer." Like the only place you could yes. be was the moss. 
Yes. And if you stayed out somewhere overnight, you had to like give a phone number. And we all was giving them like our ch- each other's numbers yes. and acting, yes. acting like somebody's <laughs> mom or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. It was just a lot. And I remember like one of those like hall meetings and they were like, if there's anything that you have in your room, uh, and I'm like, if they're going to give that question or pose that question, everybody got something in their rooms that you need to get rid of. Um, this is the time and you won't be penalized. And I know a couple of times I emptied out my, my room with things that I had brought back from Philly yes. um, that were still a part of me. And I guess that's the part, the point that I'll make. Like I lived two lifestyles. I lived mm. a certain way when I was at Liberty and then when I went home, I was like a whole nother person. So I was living like a double life in a sense. And it became really exhausting. And uh, I just, I guess I just came to the end of myself at one point. And I said, I just have to be real and honest about what I'm really struggling with and who I am. Yeah. And what do you think, like, when you say struggling with, like, what were you struggling with? Or like, what was it that? Was it childhood trauma? Was it, you know, That's like, what, it what was it that was kind of like giving you that you felt like you had to live a double life and be a different way? So it was definitely childhood trauma. Um, I kept a secret for many years from my parents and we're going to get into that in a second. But um, I was molested as a child and out of that or as a as a result of that I became very promiscuous yeah and and that was the lifestyle that I lived you know prior to being married and and things like that I just lived a very like very I don't know like free I was kind of like free spirited but I also would mix in there every so often like these very like toxic relationships um like I dated somebody when I was 15 years old and I dated him a all the way through my uh, college years at Liberty. Yeah, he I was back. Oh, yeah. He was in Philly. And uh, he's controlled a lot of what I did while I was in Lynchburg. I'm like, what? how was this working? So, like, <laughs> I just was in a really weird space. But a lot of that was mixed into the childhood trauma and not feeling like I had the space to talk about it. Um, and then when I finally did come out and tell my parents what happened, it was a hot mess. So... Mm-hmm. I was living like two different lives like no one knew and that was like what started my organization my nonprofit, is that I was trafficked as a teenage girl nobody knew that like no one knew that my ex was coerced uh, he had me doing things that I was not comfortable with there was a lot of coercion and a lot of if you don't do this and I'm gonna do that and I hit it I went to school every day I was on all these different committees in high school and I was being trafficked. I never went to Thailand. Well, I eventually went there as an adult, but I never went like across state borders and all that stuff you see on TV is not true. You know, I lived in a city. I went to school in the city and I was trafficked. And um, when it finally came out, you know, the response that I got from my parents was disheartening. It was just like, why are y'all not embracing me? <laughs> like, well, what why happened? Um, <laughs> like, well, I guess, well, let's start. What what made you come to the point where you're like, okay, I need to tell my parents? Because 
I mean, there's a lot of things I still have, I still haven't shared with my parents. You know what I'm saying? Because I just yeah. feel like, what's I don't know. But how did you feel? Uh, so it wasn't willingly. I was like, sadly, I was like pushed. It oh. was almost like I was being like, like I don't know what's the word. I was kind of like being, I don't know, badgered, like or picked at to kind of like, like forced, really. Yeah, like to like say it, like. So this is the thing. I was about to move into my first house, me and my cousin. I was 20, 20, how old when we graduated from Liberty? 22? Like 22, 21, something like yeah. that. Yeah. So I was like 20, 22, 23. I was tired of hearing from my parents, oh, when I was 19, I had my <laughs> own house. I, I was just tired of hearing it. And yes. I didn't move with my parents when I came home from Liberty, but I live with my grandma and I would go to my parents on a weekend. Yeah. But I was just like, I kind of need my old space. This is too much. So long story short, I had a, a bed at my parents' house that I wanted to take with me into my house. And my mom was like, no. Why? And I was like, what? Like, Jesus, why not? And she's like, oh, you won't take that bed and go and move in their house and be sleeping with different people. I was no. like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, shit. Okay. Um And I know your dad was probably just shaking his head. Uh-huh. And then he's <laughs> and then he's just like, wait, it was just like kind of like, where did that come from? And then yeah. that's when I kind of was like, you know, I'm not gonna keep taking like the backdoor innuendos. Like, if you want to know why I'm like this, let's go there. Yeah. Like, come on, you know. And then it was, you know, kind of like. I think when I said that, it was like, oh, crap. Maybe, maybe we don't need to go there. And then I just said it. I was like, I was molested as a child. And there was a lot of things that y'all didn't even know happened to me that I kept to myself. So excuse me for uh, looking a certain way, you know. And even the way that I was perceived wasn't really what it was, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I just lived a very free life. And I, I wasn't tied down to just one person and the reason why was because of that eight-year relationship that I was in so 23 years old you know I had just ended that relationship you know and I was ready to live my life you know and if it looked like it was promiscuous or whatever I mean so be it you know so that was kind of how I came out and told yeah. and then from there like you moved in with your cousin mm -hmm. and then like what was Cause I know you and your mom had a, an interesting relationship throughout your childhood. Ooh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So like, Just, yeah. about that, like, what? First of all, how did it start? Cause I know for me and my dad, it started, it started as a kid, but it really started when my mom went away to Germany, mm -hmm. and it was just me in the house with him, you know, like full time, I should say. Mm -hmm. And then that's when it kind of really, you know, he went to town. So, like, what moment, do you remember a moment or was it just always? I feel like there was a moment, but there's been so many moments that I can't really, I don't know when it started, but I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll put a pin in this. I remember when my parents were going through in their marriage. I feel like they were going through in their marriage since I could remember. Oh, they've been going through it for years. Since I was like... I mean, I'm talking very early on. I remember my parents just going at it with each other. Yeah. But I remember when they just got to a really bad space. So something else that happened when we were at Liberty, the first two years, so my freshman and sophomore year, my parents were separated for 22 yeah. months. 
And I remember they were going through like, uh, what is it? Like counseling, marital counseling yeah. with his pastor, my dad's pastor, my mom's pastor. And one of the things that came up from my mom was the relationship that I had with my dad. Like she felt that mm. my dad treated me like his girlfriend, almost oh, in a wow. sense. So like anything that they went through, my dad would come and I was his sounding board. And wow. You yeah. know that I, I I'm like, have you ever seen? I gave us like a commercial or something on Instagram, but it's like how the wife or the girlfriend is jealous of the daughter's relationship with the father. Bingo. And I'm like, oh my god, I just felt like I I had like an aha moment with your relationship with her because, I mean, we've talked about it, but I've never really understood. But right. like, that's what it was. Yeah. And and I didn't really know that then, but my pastor had gave the analogy of like she's basically been her father's companion, and I was like, "Ooh, that's deep," you know. But I never unpacked that until I was like at a place where I was like, "I really need to heal." And I guess what happened is because of a lot of the things that my dad would tell me, and then I would see it kind of built up a resentment towards mm-hmm. her. I'll, 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 I'll admit that part, you know, the things that he was saying and then the things that I was seeing as a result of that was definitely like head on. It was spot on. Yeah. And it just made me just angry, upset, frustrated because my dad, like, I'm not biased. He has his stuff too, but my dad is a genuinely nice person. He's not like, yeah, he's not like, you know, he doesn't have like a. I don't feel, I mean, I've met him a couple of times, but I've never felt like he had like a malicious or intent to hurt or be negative. No. You know what I'm saying? No. Like, it's just never, when I was around him, it just never felt like his personality to like intently want to hurt somebody or to like come off a certain way negative. No. No. And let's just connect the dots real quick. Like, I don't want to put on my therapy hat because I'm not currently in the field, but. The thing, I think the reason why it was seen the way that it was is because my mom had a lot of childhood trauma. Yeah. And it was un, it was unprocessed and undealt with. So the way that she seen her mother deal with her father is how she dealt with my dad. Mm-hmm. So like any way outside of the way that she's seen it was how it was, even though that may not have been true, which is really sad. So there was some truth to what was what was coming out about my relationship with my father as just being like really really close but then there was some there was some parts about it that were false you know um i didn't have anything to do with their relationship i felt like my childhood or my teenage years were robbed because i had to constantly be the person to diffuse a lot of the issues between my parents yeah. And because I spoke up a lot of times or I spoke up about how I felt, that was also what caused some friction between me and my mom. Like, I would go toe-to-toe with her. I was like, I don't agree. I don't think so. No, no, no. And that's kind of where we had a lot of our issues. I, I don't want to say this, but, like, do you think she didn't, like, want you? Like, did she... Did she you know what I'm saying? Because it seems like it started from very young. Like, her, mm-hmm. her... I don't want to use like jealous or anything, but maybe her envy or something. 
there's been so many words that have come up over the years. I remember when I got to a place when I was a teenager and I was like, what did I do? Like, why am I just seen in this really like weird light? Like, what about me does she not like? Like, what is it? Yeah, I I think. I, I just remember like, I was really early in my relationship with God, which has definitely evolved over the years. But, and I just asked, like, can you just show me? And um, I remember having, like, a vision of my mom giving birth and then them placing me on her chest, mm-hmm. which is when they do, like, the skin to skin. Yes. And, like, I had a vision of her face and, like, her demeanor. And it wasn't like cold, but it it, it was it looked like fear, mm. as if she was afraid. And the reason why, and I didn't that was the glimpse that I got that day. But then years later, we were in the car, and it was an envelope on the back seat of my dad's car. And I, of course, I'm I'm a child, so I looked, and it was a picture of a baby, but the baby wasn't fully developed. And I was like, mm. what the what the hell is this? <laughs> I was like, oh my god, what is this? And my dad was like, that's your brother. And I was like, mm. brother? I don't have a brother. It's me and Shakira. And my dad was like, no, he was he was born before you. And I was like, what? And I was just, I was confused. And let's connect the dots. My mom had a stillborn before she had me. Mm. So that fear of like, am I going to lose this child too? Mm-hmm. Is there going to be some crazy outcome with this child? Like the first one, like I was born nine months after she had that that stillborn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like that so initial build from that, right? And like that initial, and I know that now being a new mom, that initial skin to skin is what is what brings Bonds the connection. Yes. yes. And if you don't make that initial like like connection, it's right there. there. It's, it's not there. there. Yeah. And unless the person works to build at it and make it be there, it will never be. And that's where it started. Yeah, that's I'm, where it started. And I feel like it was that, but also a mix of her own trauma. Because I feel like going back to what you said with her and her mother, and she's like, now I was supposed to have a boy and now I have a girl. So this mm-hmm. also puts a whole different spin on what mm-hmm. she probably felt like her first, you know, child or what their relationship would be because I'm thinking just from looking in like I have a girl now mm-hmm. and not only did I have a girl but she had another girl mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and that mm-hmm. mother-daughter relationship that she probably didn't have is like mm-hmm. okay I have to deal with the death of my son plus this is very unfamiliar yep you know what I'm saying because at least with the son, she doesn't have any, there's no trauma or there's no example of negativity. Mm-hmm. So, but for the fa- for the mother-daughter, there is. Yep. Yep. Because I think my dad, my, not my dad, my grandfather, and we see this, it, it repeats itself. It's the same thing with my dad. Yeah. I don't think my grandfather was like, I think my grandfather was there, but I don't think he was like present. Yeah. <laughs> As many men are. Like, that's kind of, like, especially when you're talking about women, and I'm working through this now, who are, like, very strong. Strong, yeah. Strong, like, strong will. Like, I could do it myself 
type of individuals. Yeah. So like the men, they just take the back seat. And that was the way with my grandfather and my mom was one of 10. So imagine how chaotic that was. Yeah. And then she was number eight. So she, she came at the end. So by the time like my, my grandmom had her, she had already had seven kids before. So it was like, she probably got second handed and then, everything. Yeah. And then yeah. like to have a, a father that's like there, but not there, you know? Yeah. yeah. So she basically raising herself. Or was raised by her siblings. Cause my grandmom also worked like a crate, like a crazy type of like hectic job. So yeah. 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 Wow. So how's it been now that you've under because I feel like when you go through all the trauma of your parents and I've talked about a lot of situations that happened with my mom. I had a podcast with her, but also mm-hmm. the trauma with my dad. And then you start to understand where they are. But at the mm-hmm. same time, you don't want to discount what they did. Mm-hmm. And not in a mm-hmm. negative way, but I'm like, it this did happen, you know, and this did yeah. And, you know, my feelings are valid, even though Mm -hmm. we're saying you didn't know or you did the best you could. Mm -hmm. Sometimes those you did the best you could isn't really an excuse to me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I know some people may disagree, but I just feel like, yeah, you did the best you could. But there's also did you really think that that was a positive way or a positive response? Right. Right. You know, so I would say, like, how do you feel like you and your mom or has your mom grown? Has she um, have you guys seen each other differently? Like, what is your take now that you're an adult now? Okay, so some stuff I'll say I plead the fifth. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I, I did very well, like hearing you say those things and not chuckle because there there used to be a time where if ever her name was brought up, I would like do little smart stuff like like I would do all that, but like like, now I don't I don't even react because I feel like when people ask me that question, I think they already know the answer. I'll say that. But I guess the shift in our relationship um was when I found out I was pregnant last year. Yeah. Um I feel like it was just a new, it was just a new day for everybody. Um, I had dealt with infertility. I've been married five years. So literally three out of the five, maybe three and a half out of the five, we dealt with infertility. Yeah. Um, We got pregnant very early on when I got married. I got married in June. I was pregnant by December of that year and we lost the baby. And I remember like, just looking for comfort, especially because my mom had a similar experience. Yeah, yeah. And she just wasn't with it. Like, I mean, she she comforted me in a, in a sense, but then it was like, just, just kind of like get over it. Like, you just need to move on. And I was having a really hard time with that. I was like, how do you just move on from something like this? Like, But then also, now that I could think about it, she had never dealt with it. So like she was giving me her recipe for how she dealt with it. Yes, which was move on. You know what I mean? Right, just move on. So I shut myself out from her for a majority of my infertility journey or my fertility journey. Um, I went through two rounds of IVF without her knowing. Um, I just really closed myself off. I didn't share a lot of things because 
a lot of times when I would share, I would be dismissed mm -hmm. or I would just kind of get like shooed off. Like, girl, just like, you still parked on that corner? Like that, you know, she says all the weird sayings and I'm like, yeah. I'm still here. <laughs> Not you still parked <laughs> on the corner. <laughs> you still parked on that street. I'm like, what? yes. I need a hug. Like that was all I. I just wanted somebody to like, not somebody, her, to just acknowledge. Like I hear what you're going through. I don't fully understand because, you know, I had a stillborn. That's and yours... what it is, though. Like yeah. you really just look because I. I mean, I I shared this. But that time where I was really low and depressed and I called my mom, it's like the one time where you just you just need your mom or you need your dad or whatever to just be like, it's all right. Yes. You know, and the yes. one time I called, she was like, oh, Jeff, it's because you don't got a girlfriend. Like, what? <laughs> what are we? Why? Why like, do we do it? Like the most. And it's always the things that you just not even that you don't want to hear, but it's just always the most random the offensive random, things yes. that are just not necessary like yes and it's, it's like not what right like, like what? really Did you like, just say that right. <laughs> like first of all mom you know who i am right it's, you know who i am and you know i'm comfortable with who i am but because it bothers you and you're going to use my vulnerable moment to you know voice how you feel and what you want me to do like yes. that's weird like what, that's what? Weird. what are we doing yes and i'm what like, are we doing to parents, like, you just don't know. Like, I was really low. This was probably, like, when I was 29. So I'm 32 mm -hmm. now. But, like, mm -hmm. that was, like, a really low moment for me. And I was just like, damn. Like, I haven't really had... It's like, when you go through all of these childhood stuff and you don't really have parents to raise you or, like, really be there for you. And then it's mm -hmm. like, you do all of this and you kind of, you know, make yourself to be this person this mm -hmm. like strong willed like very people call me nonchalant about things but that's because I had to be you know my mm -hmm. parents didn't give me any room not to be nonchalant mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I couldn't feel anything I, because I was told not to or because mm -hmm. like you you know you you were told to move on mm -hmm. so when you start to hear those things so often you to become that Mm -hmm. much like mm -hmm. our parents do they become what their parents taught them which was to move on yep and yep. so I feel for you in that moment where you're just like damn I just need just somebody to be like it's all right Sakina or it's all right Jeff I mean or at least give me some family history yeah because I, I was like determined to find out because stillborns and like uh issues with fertility were a big thing in my family and I wanted to know, like, why is nobody talking about this? Like, wh why is there things about our reproductive system as a family, as a whole, are there, like, not, it's not clear, you know? Yeah. So I went many years, you know, not knowing things and having to just kind of figure it out on my own. And, you know, let's just be real. A lot of what I did to conceive my daughter, let, let, let me shout her out, naturally. Okay. Because I was told I would never be able to have kids without some type of fertility treatment. Yeah. And after that second round, I was like, I'm not putting no more money out, you know, for a possibility. Because that's what it was. There's a possibility that you can get pregnant through IVF. It may or may not work. And I started to do, like, some inner work. Now, remind you, we, we started out saying this. Like, there was things that I knew early on in college, you know, that I needed to do. 
Yes. And then when I started, when I started to really like build my nonprofit and work with victims of human trafficking and women that had been abused, I was getting triggered left and right. Yes. Because a lot of their stories were very similar to mine. And I'm like, oh God. And I knew if this was the work that I was going to do and I was going to be helping people that I needed to go and get some help. Yeah. So I started to go to therapy, but I started to do specific types of therapy. So I did some inner child therapy before, mm -hmm. but it was kind of scary. So I was like, I'm not doing this. So I stopped and I just finished like regular therapy. But after my failed cycle of IVF, my last one in December of uh, 2020, I started to do the inner child work again in January of 2021. Yeah. And I just went into this really deep space of like healing. And a lot of it was self, it was self, what is it? Not inflicted, but self, self paced, I guess. Yes. Like I just did it on my own. Yes. I was still doing therapy, but there was just personal things that I was doing. Like I was journaling and writing letters to myself, my inner child. I was looking at pictures of myself as a little girl and I, you know, uh, was telling my, saying to myself as a little girl, I'm sorry. Like, telling yeah. myself, I feel, I, I see you, I hear you, your love, those type of things. Yes. And, um, Isn't that crazy to look back on that? I was cleaning out when I was about to move to LA and did it. <laughs> I was cleaning <laughs> out my, my stuff and I had all of these, like, notes or letters, whatever, that I wrote. And like mm -hmm. as a child, and it was all like your love, Jeff, or like, mm -hmm. um, I don't know why I'm crying all the time. Like it was just like all these things, and to read that, and it felt. I think I said earlier in the podcast, we were kids going through adult emotions. Yes, yes. And it's so we like, had to ask ourselves for forgiveness. Like, sorry for making you have to grow up so fast, so fast, but also sorry to just making you feel like you wasn't needed yeah oh oh they get a chill yeah man if it wasn't if it was appropriate <laughs> i start crying right now because <laughs> that word alone like we just wanted to feel needed. wanted yeah. needed yeah appreciated seen valued like yes 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 oh my god <laughs> oh my god like and i said this to you when we were talking the other day like the piece of the puzzle that I truly believe was the test that I passed was I remember I got to a place in my inner child work and I used to love the all American mm, books. Yes. Do you remember Addie? Addie yes. And, I don't know the other ones. I just knew the black ones. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that she was like me, you know, yeah. all of, and, the, and the crazy thing is like the all American dolls are back out again. And I'm like, man, that was back in my day. Y'all know nothing about that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I was like, where are these books at? You know? And I was like looking and some stuff that I had in my basement and I couldn't find them. So something said, ask your mom. And I was like, Ooh. <laughs> I was like, Ooh. and I was like all right because the reason why I hesitated with asking is because I didn't want her to shoot down my little moment yes like this is yeah. my moment right now and if she'd be like girl I don't know what them books is at why you know yes. I didn't want that so I was like I don't really know about that but I felt led to ask and I asked her and she said I think they're in the basement um uh, when you come down over the weekend, let's look, or you can go down there and look. And I was like, okay. 
And one thing that I will say is I'm we're not going to just like throw like we're not throwing her under the bus. Like everything was not always like sour. Yeah. Like there was things where we connected. Like my mom was a was a lover of music, like Anita Baker, Phyllis Hyman, girl. Woo! All of the old school stuff. The Saturday, you know, you clean up, you turn on yes. the music, Mary yes. J. Blige. Yes. That's where I got a lot of that from. Like I love old school nineties, eighties music. So we would connect that way. And I, when I mentioned to her the books, I was like, yeah, I was in here listening to the Spice Girls. That was a part of my healing. Like, I really went back to when I was a teenager, when yeah. I was innocent. Yeah. And I was like, do you remember when I liked the Spice Girls? And she was like, do I? And Celine, <laughs> and Celine Dion. I love Celine Dion. Yeah. It's the Titanic soundtrack. Um, what is the soundtrack? I'm talking yes. about Celine. I love yeah. her. Yeah. So... When I went down that weekend, I went on to go look for these books, and my mom was like, I'll help you. And I was like, huh? <laughs> like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, huh? Like, what? And yeah. we went down in that basement, and we, like, I mean, we searched for those books. I mean, we were so persistent at finding them. And as we were looking, we were finding things from my childhood. So, like, we found this photo album of when we had went to like Disney World and when I had, my mom had helped me to win a science fair when I was in the first grade. Yeah. And I won first place and yeah. we bonded over that. And yeah. I was like, I can't believe I won. And and like, we just bonded. And then eventually we found the books. And um, <clears throat> I remember coming home that night and I looked through the photo album and I bawled my eyes out. And I was like, oh my God, I remember winning this the science fair and I just spoke to that picture like this is when you were you were really comfortable with who you were as an individual yeah and I was just like again I'm sorry like you're loved and all that and then I wrote a letter just asking myself for forgiveness and I said a couple like affirmations about loving myself and being worthy and enough and I promise you I promise you that was the piece to the puzzle that I think I needed to kind of like put together because that may have been like February and then I'm gonna throw this part out here because it's pretty funny I went to my mom's uh, open house because she has two daycares and there was a family friend there that kept badgering me like she she came up to me so She's deaf, but she knows how to sign. And I know a little bit of sign language. And she kept signing baby. And I was like, no. Like, I, <laughs> I was like, no. I don't have no kids, lady. And she like, no, baby, baby. And she kept pointing at my stomach. And I'm like, I don't have a baby. My sister has a baby. Go talk to her. And she's like, no, you, you, you. And I'm like, lady is crazy yeah (laughs) (laughs) like lady leave me alone and that was like the the end of march and april 6 2021 i found out i was pregnant and i was like oh my god that lady knew she was a prophet she was a psychic and but it was it was finding the books with my mom doing that inner child work attending her open house this crazy lady telling me i was pregnant and then finding out i was pregnant yes so it's just like but that's what it is though it's like even if your parents or whoever gave you the trauma or whatever situation like even if they don't change 
Like mm-hmm. when you do the work personally, when you yes. start to see that you have stuff to deal with within yourself and you become more yes. self-aware and you start to really just, even though you guys may not have the best relationship, but you understand the other person differently now yes. because your response is different. And when mm-hmm. you say like, aha, before I would be like, huh, huh. But now your right. response is different because mm-hmm. another thing I always say, we are responsible for our responses. Wow. No matter what you've gone through, no matter who did what to you, when you come to a point of self-awareness, now yes. you're responsible. Yes. Yep. And so it doesn't matter. And so I just also think that that's just a beautiful thing that that happened in that way, because it's mm-hmm. almost like God is like, you had like, I told somebody yesterday, faith without works is dead, but you have to do the work mm-hmm. and then the faith will meet you. Mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I I was doing some crazy stuff. I had <clears throat> connected with this fertility coach who was like big on manifestation. Yes. And this was all like pandemic, like 2020. And um, I had started gardening. I was like, who am I becoming? Like, what is going on? But like gardening was a way to nurture something. Yes. So I was I was getting prepared. I it's didn't also know. a way to release. Because when I'm at my mom's house and I'm doing the garden and in the yard and stuff, I'm like, there's just so much release that happens in doing those little things. Like, right. And yeah. you're doing it not even knowing that you're like it's healing. Yeah. You know, and I was really doing is. that gardening and then I like she had me like buying pieces of baby clothes and stuff. And I'm like, this lady, this is crazy. Like I'm not pregnant. I I I I keep selling these rounds of IVF. Like, what is why are we doing this? And I didn't know that I was literally manifesting. 2021 yeah I, I had no idea and like I'm not gonna lie going through the manifestation uh coaching fertility coaching I had this ideal look of what pregnancy would look like and like who I didn't want to be in my inner space and who I did and I did I had all it planned out yeah but I lied to you not just when I found out I was pregnant um I was scared at first because I had already had a loss and I was like, God, I don't have time for the games. Like, <laughs> if this is not it, yeah. like, don't do that because I had already had so much like grief around like losing a child. So I was like, I, I can't take another heartbreak. And, you know, thinking I was pregnant and I wasn't pregnant and, you know, I was just like, I can't. <clears throat> but when I went and got the ultrasound, here's the funny part. I went back to the fertility clinic that I had that last fell round. And the the doctor that was supposed to get me pregnant through IVF was the person that did my first ultrasound. Wow. <laughs> and for him to be able to see a baby, I was six weeks with a heartbeat. That just blew me away right there. But yes. instantly in that moment, you ready for this? I said, I want my mom. It was weird. I was like, what? Like, I, <laughs> I had this feeling like. You needed her. Like, yeah, like, I was like, I'm not telling her. Like, she'll just find out. I'll just show up one day and my belly would be popping. Like, are you pregnant? <laughs> What's going on? Because yeah. I just I shielded myself and I wanted to feel protected. 
And I remember when I told her I was pregnant the first time and I didn't get such a great response, which yeah. was weird. It's like, wait, you want to be a grandparent? And it's just like, she didn't respond well yeah. the first time I got yeah. pregnant. And I was married. So it was weird. So I was like, I'm not telling her. And um, I I hid it from my husband too. I didn't tell my husband for like three, four days because I was just scared. I didn't know what anybody, I was like, nobody's going to believe me. I don't think I'm lying. And I called my husband. We seen the heartbeat. We seen the baby on the monitor. And then the next person, I got the ultrasound printed out. And then we called my mom on three-way. And when we called her on the three-way FaceTime thingy, her whole face was just like, like shock, but like she had tears in her eyes because I think deep down inside, even though she had responded like weirdly over the years about me dealing with infertility, I know for a fact that that it was something that my mom really wanted for me because she identified with that pain that I was going through. Yeah. And I think too, talking to my mom, I think too, when you have a similar pain you don't and you haven't necessarily dealt with you don't know how to respond to some like when somebody else is going through that even your own child yeah and so I could also see her maybe that's what it was like that that distant feeling she you know that she didn't know you know she just didn't know yeah yeah and um I went through my pregnancy. I, I set some boundaries because I know that sometimes excitement brings about uh, some control. You know, like parents get excited. Like, oh my God, I'm going to be a grandparent. Now, my sister did have a baby. So my mom had already had one grandchild. But the dynamics with me was a little bit different because I, I am married. So there was sometimes I had to put some boundaries in place. Like, mom, we're not doing that. We're doing this. Because you're you're the grandparent, we're the parents. But for the most part, you know, she was very helpful throughout my pregnancy. She helped me with the gender reveal. She came up with the theme for the gender reveal. And we did like a little skit. One of my friends said, This was like Tyler Perry. Like (laughs) (laughs) it was like Tyler Perry. I mean, it was just really, it was cute and it was just everything that I wanted. Um, but what a beautiful experience to have that. I know. And then you were at the baby shower and yeah. you see how she was at the baby shower. Yeah. She had the, the most sparkliest shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, where are you going with that glitter shirt? Like, What's going on? <laughs> that, that whole joint was glittered, okay? shirt was glitter like i guess she said y'all gonna know who i am yeah okay (laughs) i am the grandma okay (laughs) this is my grandbaby like i don't know like so but you got to see like she just she did a great job she really did yeah supporting me through that and then the way that she is with serenity the way that she is with my nephew she's you could just tell that they make her very very happy yeah um and there's not many people I trust but my baby because she's very, very interesting. No, she's just different. She's, she's a very <laughs> special child. She doesn't go to everybody. But she will go to my parents. And yeah. uh, my mom says she trip, she trips me out because when, when she's with my mom, she says she doesn't cry. She cry with everybody else, but she doesn't cry with my parents. That's very interesting. She has her <laughs> moments, but just to see how they are with her. Yeah. Um, I think it's just giving her opportunity 
and this was another part of my healing for her to do with serenity what she wanted to always do with me yeah and that connect that connection yeah because i feel I'm, like maybe initially it was just tainted you know right it wasn't really an opportunity right and you know now she can have that again right yeah and if i can see that <clears throat> it makes me forget all the other things no i, I no, let me not <laughs> forgive i'll yeah. never forget yes. Forgive. yeah all of you know what i mean like yeah because you don't forget no. you don't forget and i've always no. say too i feel like that's that's a misconception that when you forgive you have to forget yeah and to me i mean i'm not like any professional or anything but to me i always say you don't have to forget but you do have to forgive and you do have to respond differently yes so i can't forget all those things that happened to me because it happened to me and it affected me deeply but i can respond differently and forgive yeah yeah yeah, and that's 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 how I've chose to to deal with things. I mean, yeah. and I know we're coming to an end, but I there are still hiccups. Yeah. I don't want that to come across that like everything is like oh so perfect. No, 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 no. There are still hiccups, and I make a joke and I say, and I said it to you the other day. She's always in timeout. Yes, yes. <laughs> she gets put in timeout, and timeout is a boundary. There are some times where I have to be very vocal about what I just cannot allow, you know, whether it is her giving advice about something that I'm doing with serenity or it's just her advice pertaining to me. Sometimes I just have to say, okay, I hear you. I understand that that's what you feel, but that's not what we're going to do, you know? uh, And I think that that's, it's, it's needed, you know, because we're not trying to revert back to where we were. We're trying to move forward. And moving forward means that we're moving forward maturely. I remember you said that to me the other day, like we're mature adults and we should be, we, we should treat each other like mature adults. I'm not, I'm not a little girl. I'm I'm a grown woman with a child of my own. Now I'm a grown woman with a husband, you know? So I'm not your equal because you are my mother, but I, I think that I've, I've come far enough to have gained your respect. Yes. Um, because I've done enough, you know, work, whether you, you know, inner work or, you know, uh, educationally, like everything that was required of me, I did it. Yes. You know, so I have to set those boundaries sometimes. And when they're not valued, um, then I have to pull back. Yeah. But I don't do it to to be harmful or, or, or. You do it for peace. For peace. For peace. And I feel like. And that's another thing too. Like, yes, you forget, you forgave, or you're forgiven, but sometimes the other party hasn't necessarily done the work yet. Yep. And so, even though your work, I don't want to say is completed, but the majority of your work is done, you still mm-hmm. have to respond in the right way to their response. Yep. Which is probably still, you know a response that hasn't done the work yeah yeah and and seeing it and accepting it um and still still being or still honoring myself and what i need to do yeah you know like i i had like an epiphany the other day where i thought about my role as a mother now Mm -hmm. 
And I was like, this is the only role in my life that was never tainted or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Tainted or somebody else was able to give their input. Yeah. This is the only role that I am able to create and make it look the way that I want it to look. Yes. And I take that very personal. So excuse me for not taking your unsolicited advice about right. what I should do. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I earned. Right. I but I mean, it's work. a beautiful thing to just, just say thanks, but no thanks, you know? No thanks, you know? It is and a beautiful thing. Why I can stand so boldly in that statement and in this position is because while I am being the best mother that I can be to Serenity, I'm also reparenting myself in the areas mm-hmm. that I wasn't necessarily parented the way that I needed to be. I'm not going to say I wasn't parented. It was the way that I needed to be parent. And yes. I think parents don't understand it. They yeah. have this cookie cutter like outlook of how a child should be. Raised. It's almost like a generic template of what yes they feel like and i'm like no you have to just like when you're a manager and you have to deal with people with different personalities that's same as kids you have to deal with them differently yes and they i feel like most parents feel like you know it's just a generic thing this is what it is this is what it's not but i'm like me and my brother were parented in similar ways and we're two different people totally different (laughs) totally different you know what i'm saying and if I ever had another one, which I don't think, I don't think, because <laughs> I got my hands full, I, I would not want to raise them the way that I'm raising Serenity. Serenity is the firstborn. If yeah. I ever have another one, so like, it's going to be different with the second one. I'm not going to treat the second one, you know, any better or any work, whatever, you know, because there's even the jokes about, you know, we see it on TikTok and on Instagram about the difference between like the first child and the second child. Yes. And then the third child, like the first child, the parents prepare, you know, but when they get to that second and third one, it's like, Oh, we did this before. Yes. You know, we just have to, you gotta, we just listen, there's no cookie cutter recipe. You gotta be able to make alterations. Like my, my daughter's eight months yesterday. So eight months yesterday, we've been through we've been through more transitions in eight months than i've i've been through in my whole adult life like i never had to make so many adjustments but it's according to what she needs and not what i think she needs yeah you know what i mean and i i say that to my husband sometimes um like right now even though we're on here i have that motherly instinct so like i can still tell what's going on downstairs yeah she screams and like some people be like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> not like a crying scream, but she just, I don't know. Like, she's going to be very talkative. I can yeah. So she's like expressing herself. And uh, I tell my husband, just let her have it. Let her, let her, let, let her have it. Let her do it. You know, yeah, yeah. sometimes she wants to sit in a high chair. Sometimes she doesn't. And yeah. I'm big on, yes, I will be gentle parenting. I'm not going to be in here being like scared of her. Yes. But not going to force her to do anything she doesn't want to do if yeah. i mean you don't want what what if we made you sit in the chair all day yeah you know what i mean yeah. so yeah. just making it very like innocent children are innocent they 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 thrive off of creativity i want her to be able to be creative i want her to be able to be who she wants to be whoever that is yeah you know and that's the way 
that I'm choosing to parent her, and I'm doing it very consciously, because that's the that's the, that's the last thing I'm gonna say. Wow. A lot of the things that our parents did were very unconscious. Yeah. Things. Yeah. My mom actually told me she did a lot of things without me in mind. <laughs> See? She said her I mean her relationship with my dad, they went back and forth a lot and it, they she said they never considered me. She said they definitely didn't consider. Me. And I was like, "Oof. That hurts." That hurt a little bit. You know, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I'm an adult now, but my inner child was like, boom. Yeah, like, ow. <laughs> but see, that's what I'm saying. And a lot yeah. of them, a lot of them are the same way. At least she admitted it. Yeah. You got some who can't even say that. Yeah. And they, or if they do say it, they say it in a snickery, like, I'm throwing a shot at you type of way. Instead yeah. of just acknowledging, like. You know, honestly, we didn't really consider you. See, and that's what I'm not doing because I never want her to look back and feel like my parents really didn't pay me no mind or I never heard my parents tell me that they love me or I never heard my parents tell me that I'm worthy, yeah. you know. Or that they morning, hugged me. We talked or that they hugged the other me day. Or anything. Yeah, anything. like yeah. I take serenity every morning and we. I have on my mirror, I am enough, I am worthy, and I am loved. And I recite that with her every morning. <clears throat> and then we have like this little like mantra that I say that I made up one day when I was giving her a bath. And we say it every morning. And I know when she's like 13 and 14, like, oh, mom. But she'll know it and it's going to be embedded in her because yeah. it's something that she heard from the beginning. Even when I was pregnant, I used to speak over my womb. Like I yeah. used to speak life and I used to speak like positive affirmations over her like yeah. i never wanted her even from from inside of me to feel that she wasn't wanted or loved or that i didn't care for her yeah i love that yeah. and what a difference already what a you're already breaking the curses so we just thank god for that you know yeah i feel like that's one of the reasons why i wanted i want to have a kid too because of that like i want to be able to mm -hmm. break the cycle of mm -hmm. what my grandparents, great grandparents, my parents, like what they continued. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a beautiful thing. Like I don't get me don't get me wrong. There is a lot of challenges, and postpartum is no joke. Yeah, but like when I look, when I just look at her, I'm like, I created this. Like what? <laughs> this is why. Like I created this, and yeah. I get to to be a part of like her her becoming. It, it, it's it's just like wow so I yeah. totally get what you're saying like I want something that like I said something that is mine that I that no one has any input in but me so yeah. I totally get what you're saying yeah I love that is there any last thing you want to leave to a little girl or maybe somebody our age that's still kind of struggling with forgiveness yeah I always say this to people especially my fertility tribe, <clears throat> because even though I conceived naturally, I still went through infertility and I met a lot of amazing women that are still in waiting yeah. uh, to have children or that have had to adopt or whatever. I always say to people, I see you, I hear you, and I love you. I mm -hmm. always say that because that's what people want to hear. That's so, yeah. So I that person that. that that has the issues with their mom or with their dad or 
or with a sibling, I see you, I hear you, and I love you. And, and you're not forgotten is another one. Because okay. a lot of times when you're going through things and you feel abandoned or rejected by the people uh-huh. that are supposed to keep you safe, you feel forgotten. You know, and that's one of the, the big things with inner child. Like you just feel like you're, you're invisible. Yeah, unwanted, yeah. invisible. Yeah. You know, so I see you, I hear you, and I love you. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being no on this episode. I really appreciate it. And um, we'll talk. We have to have a part two to this. I feel like there's more to say. There is a part two. This was healing for me. I'll say that. So yeah. Whatever I'm, you need from me. I'm thankful. I'm, I'm thankful. But yeah, we'll definitely have a part two to this because I feel like I want to even talk more just about the childhood thing mm-hmm. and where you were. But thank you again. I love you. Love you too. Thank you people for listening and we'll see you next week on the anonymous tip.